It's time for Bring It Outdoors on B93.3. Brought to you by The Power Lodge, SCR Northern, Thielen Meats, Tracker Boating Center, Vimert Outdoors Archery Pro Shop, Liveax Marine in Isle, SW Bait and Tackle, Oars and Mine Marine in Crosby, Freedom Firearms, Newman Construction, Northern Sales and Manufacturing, Your Ice Castle Dealer in Pine River, Crow Wing Recycling, Canvas Tech, Bermel Shoe Store in Randall, SPR Motorsports and Marine, and by by Radco, your truck accessory pros. Now, here's your host for Brainerd Outdoors, Brian Moon. And welcome into this week's edition of Brainerd Outdoors. We're still waiting for some fishable ice, but that's not going to stop us from talking about some early season walleye tactics with Tony Roach, some early panfish tactics with Dave Gens. Plus, we'll take a trip up to Lake of the Woods and see what's happening up there. All that and more on this week's edition of Brainerd Outdoors. And we'll kick off the show. Back with us, a good friend of Brainerd Outdoors, and that would be uh, Tony Roach. Tony, an accomplished angler, professional guide here in the Brainerd Lakes area, tournament fisherman, and a pheasant hunter as well. Uh, Tony, welcome back to the show. Hey, thanks for having me, Brian. Yeah, we I mentioned pheasant hunter because you're out in the uh, western part of Minnesota doing a little pheasant hunting. You were actually in South Dakota. Uh, what can you tell us? Well, you know, typically after deer season, after staring at trees for two weeks straight, <laughs> I'm ready to go walk and burn off some energy. So we usually head out to South Dakota, and, you know, usually it's really fun. I mean, it's the same group of guys, and we're all big-time dog lovers, so it's it's just really fun to get work the dogs after after deer season. You know, they've got some cooped-up energy as well. And, um, you know, this year was a little bit disappointing. You know, all the rain that we had in September and October really kind of uh, stalled out the harvest for the crops and uh when we were out here in october we thought man there's you know things are freezing up and they're going to get those crops out and the hunting should be really good you get a lot of a lot of fresh birds even on public land where they you know they, they haven't really seen hunters and they bust out of that corn and it, it can be pretty fun and this year is not the case they just they haven't made a lot of headway on pulling those crops out and i feel really bad for a lot of those farmers because uh you know it's 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 going to be a while if they can even get it out because a lot of it's just in standing water. And is that mostly South Dakota, but Western Minnesota as well? You know, Western Minnesota, a lot of the corn's out. Um, you know, we're, like I said, we stop on our way back and hunt Minnesota on our way home generally uh, just to get a little bit closer to home. And um, a lot of the corn's out in Minnesota. It's just, it's primarily in South Dakota. Um, and it's, it's incredible. It's, uh, you know, it looks like it, it does in October, and, you know, here we are at the end of November. So, you know, we shot some birds. We had a good time. We always make the best of it. It's not all about killing birds. It's more for us about getting the dogs out and, and running the dogs. So lots of fun there, and I uh, can't complain. Yeah, I had a friend of mine that was out there last week as well and said the exact same thing that you did, uh, and now he's thinking about maybe going to North Dakota. Have you heard anything? Is it more of the same over there or is it a little bit better conditions? You know, I think that southeastern part of North Dakota and, you know, northeastern South Dakota is, is really, really wet. I haven't heard, you know, many bird reports from North Dakota uh, itself. Um, I, matter of fact, on my way home, I was going to call a few friends and see how they were doing out there. I'm I'm starting to run out of hunting time. You know, we're getting ice pretty quickly. It looks like after uh, uh, this, this long-term forecast looks like it's going to be real conducive for making ice, so... That always puts an end to my my hunting season, but my, I might have one last shot at sneaking one more trip out. And if and if they do have the crops out in North Dakota, that might be my next bet. 
That'll be something uh, hopefully you'll be able to do, Tony. Uh, You mentioned fishing. We're going to talk a little bit about a free ice fishing seminar coming up on December 12th in which you're going to be speaking at. Um, In addition to that, are are we, like you said, are we making ice around here? Because things are going to get a little tricky this weekend with the snow and all that. But, uh, you know, I I would think, like you said, the long-term forecast, we're going to be making some ice here pretty soon. Yeah, you know, um, we were definitely making ice for a long period, and then this this short warm-up period just hasn't done done anything for our ice max matter of fact it's it's deteriorated in a lot of spots but that might be a good thing a lot of the big lakes are still open you know there's a lot of obviously open water on Mille Lacs Lake and and a lot of the bigger bodies of water so what do you like to do early ice Tony for walleyes Uh, because it can be really good as long as you can find fishable ice yeah so I love fishing uh, early ice for walleyes in particular you know panfish yes uh, you know that's always fun early ice opportunities but I enjoy walleye fishing much better early ice than panfish um, for one reason that they're just feeding. A lot of times they're still in their fall patterns. They're aggressively feeding. They're still putting on, on lots of weight, and, and you can find the fish pretty shallow. I mean, you don't have to go out, uh, you know, out to 30 feet of water to find fish. A lot of times they'll be up along the weeds and the cabbage, uh, you know, on sharper breaks, uh, main lake points, rock humps, that sort of thing, and you know, wherever you found them in the fall, I'd go right back there. I do that a lot at Mille Lacs Lake. You know, where I find them in the fall is where I'm going to head back to those locations. And a lot of times they're not too far off your icons in that 10, 12, 13, 14 feet of water. And usually when you get on them, they're, they're very aggressive. And what I like about Mille Lacs Lake versus a lot of smaller bodies of water is the walleyes bite all day long, especially in that early ice period. Those feeding windows last all day in that early ice period, and you could put a lot of fish on the ice and have a lot of fun doing it. Some of my most memorable early ice times has been on Mille Lacs Lake just because of that, that daytime feeding bite. Another one is obviously Red Lake. Uh, you know, a lot of folks uh, take advantage of heading up to Red Lake. That's a great, uh, you know, early ice destination that, you know, anglers can have a lot of success and a lot of fun. I like to spoon fish. Um, I also use horizontal baits. I like, you know, slab wraps, ripping wraps, jigging wraps. Um, what I like about the jigging wraps, early ice, and, and the slab wraps is I don't have to bait up. You know, I can drop that presentation down. Fish are pretty aggressive. They're coming in to strike it. The other thing that I like to do is set out dead sticks. So I'll jig fairly aggressively to move around to try to find fish, but you've got to have those dead stick lines down. And I, I prefer over the last few years is using a dead stick rod instead of using um, like a tip up, which, you know, a lot of people love seeing a flag go up. Don't get me wrong. I do too, but I'd rather catch a fish on a, on a rod and reel. So I use like a dead stick, a dead eye rod, and I'll put it in a rod holder and just watch for that tip to go. Um, some people use like, um, you know, the, the strike indicators, that sort of thing, but still use that, that, um, dead stick rod and it's extremely fun when you've got the dead stick rods out and then you're jigging uh it's funny when you in the fall in that shallow water you see fish come through in waves so if you're fishing with other anglers everybody's got a walleye on and you also your dead stick rods are going off at the same time it happens all the time in that shallow water it's like they cruise through in waves as they feed on those bait fish so there's a few things to keep in mind. Uh, one other thing I did want to talk to you about, uh, Tony, and that is a, a seminar coming up here in just a little bit, uh, December the 12th, actually, at Yesterday is Gone on 9th Street in uh, downtown Brainerd. It's brought to you by the Walleye Alliance. 
Uh, and you're going to actually be there uh, talking some fishing with people and uh, kind of doing some seminars and stuff. What's that all going to entail? Yeah, so I'm going to do a, a, a walleye seminar, an ice fishing walleye seminar there. Uh, we did one last year, had a lot of success, a lot of fun, gave away a lot of prizes. Uh, the Walleye Alliance um, is just a great group of anglers that, you know, wealth of knowledge just in that group alone. So it's good camaraderie. There's going to be, like I said, a, a lot of folks, like-minded folks there, and just always have a great time. I mean, some of the best anglers in the Brainerd Lakes area are part of that alliance as well. So uh, in addition to my seminar, you, you know, there's lots of people to talk to. So I encourage, you know, the public, if somebody's really interested in fishing, uh, interested in ice fishing or even open water fishing for, for walleyes, um, the Alliance are doing a ton of things around the Brainerd Lakes areas to improve walleye fishing. But also uh, you can gain a lot of knowledge just talking to these folks that are there. A lot of guides are involved. Um, and like I said, some of the best best anglers around the Brainerd area, if not in the state, are going to be there talking fishing and just geeked up about the, the, uh, the upcoming ice season. It's free to attend, too, and uh, they're also going to have uh, Walleye Alliance and memberships will be available as well if you want to join the Walleye Alliance. Uh, once again, it's coming up uh, on uh, Yesterday's Gone on 9th Street in downtown Brainerd, December 12th. Social hour at 6. Tony's seminar will be at 7. They'll have a bunch of products there on hand for you to take a look at. And then, as Tony said, too, you can rub elbows with a lot of great sticks uh, in the area and learn a lot. Uh, this, is, this is a way people to, for people, Tony, to, to actually really gather as much information as your brain can hold. Yeah, and, you know, like I said, it's a wealth of knowledge of guides. So, you know, if there's some lakes in the Brainerd area or around the Brainerd, Aiken area that you're interested in fishing, you know, a lot of these guys are really good about sharing information. And um, I know everybody that's going to be there is going to be super geeked up about ice fishing. And uh, I encourage anybody, if, if they're interested, to come come out and, and have a good time. If people want more information on you, Tony, how can they get it? Uh, roachesguideservice.com. You can look me up on Facebook, Instagram, uh, YouTube. I put a lot of informational videos out there as well. And, uh, you know, good luck to everybody ice fishing. It looks like we're going to have a great year. Uh, there's a lot of great fishing around the Brainerd area, Leech Lake, Winnebagosh is going to be good again this winter. So a lot of opportunities for ice fishermen. Uh, I think it's going to be a great season. For sure. That's Tony Roach. He is a uh, pro guide and tournament fisherman and uh Local angler here in the area, and once again, Yesterday is Gone is where the uh, ice fishing seminar, that's free, uh, and it's going to be December the 12th, uh, 9th Street, downtown Brainerd, social hour at 6, and then Tony's seminar at 7. Tony, I appreciate the information as always. I uh, look forward to seeing you here in a few weeks, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Yeah, thanks a lot for having me, Brian. More of Brainerd Outdoors after this on B93.3. Welcome back to Brainerd Outdoors on B93.3, and we like to uh, head north and get the uh, story from Lake of the Woods and what's going on up there from time to time throughout the winter, because that obviously is a destination for a lot of anglers, and especially this time of year, if you're itching to get out, uh, the, you know, the lakes around here not in the best of shape yet, but Lake of the Woods might be a place you can check out, so we bring in uh, Joe Henry. Joe is the uh, Director of Tourism with Lake of the Woods. Joe, how are we doing? Hey, Brian, doing well. How are you guys? Doing fantastic. We're just uh, waiting for a little colder weather and for our lakes around here to uh, get into decent shape so we can get out there. But uh, if people want to head up to Lake of the Woods, uh, probably a little bit better luck, huh? 
Yeah, it's uh, it's come along real nice. You know, we uh, so we've been we've had some of our resorts that do spearing or offer spearing on some of the back bays. You know, they've been they've been doing that now for more than a week, and uh, and that's that's coming along nice. And you know, our big lake, I mean, it's big big water, and you know, uh, we have ice, and you know, we had that early blast of cold in early November, and everything froze over real good. Still had some spots of open water, and then it got warm again in November, and you know, so th- there's uh, as we speak. Uh, the major, vast majority of the lake is frozen over. We know there's a couple big cracks out there like there is every year. There's a couple little potholes of open water like there is every year. And, and that's, uh, that's just is starting to, starting to get frozen over. And, you know, the, the, there are some resorts that have talked about getting, uh, anglers out, you know, towards the end of this week. And, you know, uh, the, the one thing I always say to everybody is no matter what you do, lean on a resort or outfitter because, they have been out there watching their ice. When I say their ice, you know, Lake of the Woods is so big. There's different bays. There's different shorelines. There's different sheets of ice that resorts and outfitters are, are accessing. And they can all be very, very different. So really lean on a resort or outfitter and, uh, you know, stay on their staked trails that they know it's good. Don't go way off the beaten path trying to you know, get away from people because you think fishing is going to be better, especially this time of year. Stay on the beaten path, and, and fishing is going to be just great. Like I said, yeah, I think uh, at the end of this week, I saw some resorts are posting that they're going to start getting some people out. And, you know, uh, on average, Brian, um, December 10th is what I kind of use for a date when we get day houses out. That would be the average. Um, and this year, you know, we're going to be we're going to be close to average. There might be a couple of resorts that, uh, uh, you know, go a little before that. But right around December 10th is going to be about right. You know, uh, you mentioned it. There's some real cold Arctic air coming uh, here next, early next week, and uh, that's really going to help to solidify things. You know, in the, in the meantime, you know, we have uh, uh, single digits and teens at night for a low temperature, and that's helping a lot too. So things are coming along just fine. I mean, the, the, the problem is that we're all excited to go fishing, and there have been years where we've been out there fishing out of a permanent fish house at the end of November, so we're all jacked up and ready to roll. And, you know, Mother Nature is saying, okay, just hold on just a little bit longer. This is going to be a little bit more of a normal year the way things are turning out. You know, and we got, uh, it depends upon where you are here in the Brainerd Lakes area, but uh, some people got up to like 18 inches of snow. Some people got around nine. Uh, We're all familiar with Duluth. They're still digging out up there. How much did they get up on Lake of the Woods as far as this last uh, snowstorm that came through? Well, we're really lucky because it missed us. Uh, the forecast was for us to, to get a piece of it, and it, it, it really missed us. So we did not get that snow on top of the ice. And as you know, that's a, it's a big saving grace. Talking about big water, you know, I, I always put that asterisk on everything we talk about because, you know, that's, that's one of the reasons that, you know, resorters and outfitters, they, they drive the ice trails every morning before light because things change. You get cracks. You get ice upheavals. You get – so, yeah, when you talk about uniform ice – and, and there are places along shore. Um, in some areas, it's smooth. In other areas, when we had wind and the ice was thin, it's stacked up a little bit. But but that's the job of a resorter is they're going to go out and smooth that trail down best they can. It's not only a better experience for the customer, but it's also a lot easier on uh, you know, as far as wear and tear on their equipment goes. So they have the equipment, whether it's a plow that they, they, they lower down and just take the tops off of, of ice uh, sheets that maybe have, have frozen in together. Um, at times, they take great big steel contraptions and drag them back and forth over their, their beaten trail to knock down all the rough edges and to smooth out those. Sometimes they flood it, and they actually put water on top of this to make it smoother. So they got their tricks they do, but they put a lot of manpower, a lot of energy into it to make it a 
not only a safe trail, but also a trail that's going to be you know, easy to travel. I'll kid around with you a little bit and say the, the, the best tactic to use is, number one, find a resort or outfitter that's allowing ice to travel and stay on their trail and don't exceed their weight limits. That's number one. Number two, you know what? Uh, this time of year, Brian, you know, I always talk about the one-two punch. It's a combination of using a jigging line and a dead stick, right? And that jigging line is going to get those walleyes that are active. And then the dead stick, of course, with usually that's a either a plain hook or like a jig bit with a live minnow six inches or a foot off the bottom. And, uh, you know, as far as jigging, you know, there's a couple lures I start out with. Number one, a jigging spoon. And, you know, really take your pick. But the colors I like, I love that, um, like a glow red. I love gold in that stained water of Lake of the Woods. Um, certainly, uh, um, sometimes the uh, the oranges, uh, oranges combined with the gold are good. And sometimes I like a rattle in them. You know, I like making some noise. Um, one of the one of the lures I like using uh, recently is called a rip and wrap from Rapala, and that's uh, you know that's it's almost like a rattle trap. You know, where they got the BBs in them; and they're real noisy. But I'll get a real, I'll get a, I like the smaller ones, and I'll get a small rip and wrap on there, and I'll rip that thing. And it's amazing how not only will that pull fish in, because if they if you pull them in and they're in more of a neutral mode, they'll still get attracted by it, but then they might slide over and hit your dead stick. At the same time, you'll have a lot of fish that come up and whack that thing. And uh, that's been a good lure to use recently. Um, again, my jigging spoon is really kind of a go-to. And I use all different, you know, I use Tom's Tackle, I use VMC, I use Clam, I use, I mean, I use a whole bunch of them. And I, I experiment with them. You know, with the different shapes, that, that gives different uh, action when you're pulling it up and also dropping it. And, you know, Brian, I think the big thing is, in a nutshell, and I, I just, I could preach this anywhere, but when you're walleye fishing, if you're fishing with somebody else, you know, set yourself up differently. Meaning, if you both have a, you both are going to have a jigging line and a dead stick most likely, Use different lures, different colors, different shapes. And then watch your electronics because your electronics are going to tell you, you know, what mood the walleyes are in that day. And you can learn a lot by watching your electronics. You know, yeah, the, the typical jig for me is jig, jig, and let it sit in the strike zone. And to me, the strike zone is just above where the walleyes would be. Jig, jig, and let it sit in the strike zone. Well, you know, if they don't hit that, and, and I'm watching them, there's a fish on my electronics, let's say, then I'm going to drop it in the mud and lift it off slow. Drop it in the mud and lift it off slow. And if they don't hit that, now I'm going to shake it fast as I can. And I'm going to hold it in the strike zone. A lot of times that'll get them to bite. If they don't do that, then I'm going to jig it and I'm going to start reeling and reeling slow and I'm going to jig it like that minnow's trying to swim up and get away. Oftentimes that can be a triggering effect. If that walleye starts chasing you up, don't stop. Keep reeling. Make that make it seem like that minnow's trying to get away just like in, in real nature. And a lot of times that'll uh, trigger those. There's many times where I'll get that fish coming up four or five, six feet of water. And then it's decision time. Either they're going to eat or they're going to swim back down to the bottom. Very interesting stuff, and I have one silly question for you, Joe. Uh, the times that I've ice fished up on Lake of the Woods, you mentioned gold, um, and for some reason uh, that's worked for me every time up there too. Why is that? Does that have something to do with you know water color up there? And they always say match the hatch and all that stuff, but gold really seems to work on Lake of the Woods. Yeah, you know what? It's, that's the old joke by some old timers. Yeah, you can use any color you want on Lake of the Woods as long as it's gold. But uh, it's because of that stained water. You know, uh, Lake of the Woods water is clean water, but it's got that kind of little light coffee color to it, that stain to it. And the reason for that is, you know, the area, um, the watershed of Lake of the Woods, uh, a lot of it is bog. And then that water will sit in that bog, and from the plant matter, it'll collect, get stained by the tannins in the water. And then what'll happen is when that drains in the Lake of the Woods, now you get that color. That's also why, you know, walleyes and saugers bite you know, better during the day on Lake of the Woods than they do at night. And that's also why your gold and your glow reds and your glow colors will work real good. It's also why you might want to use some noise like rattles on occasion. 
because the clarity is like you in most cases, and, and there's always that asterisk, but in most cases, an underwater camera doesn't work real good on Lake of the Woods because of that stained water. But that's also why you know you can uh, uh, catch fish during the day real uh, uh, real frequently. You mentioned spearing too, Joe. Um, since they opened that up on Malax here some years back, that's been real popular in this area. Uh, Lake of the Woods do, is that a big thing with anglers up there too? Yeah, I wouldn't say it's a big thing. Um, there, there are certainly a, a, a niche of people that do it, um, but uh, there, there's so many big pike in Lake of the Woods. I mean, there's so many pike that are over 40 inches, a lot of big fish. The, the interesting thing on Lake of the Woods is that, uh, you know, we have a slot limit 30 to 40 inches. You must return to the water immediately. So, you know, when you're spearing, you you, you have to have, there's different tricks that the spearers use if they're going to go after a big pike. Um, based on you know how how much uh, of an underbite they have, they might have something in their fish house that they can kind of tell when that fish comes through how big it is. But you know you, you're allowed to get uh, your three fish per day, and then anything under 30 inches you can keep, and then one fish over 40. So um, it, it's in your state. You're also spearing in that stained water, so you're not spearing in real deep water. A lot of times you're in three, four, five feet of water when you're spearing. But you know those pike will be in those those back bays in those areas, and uh, uh, yeah, it's, it's it's that thing. It's kind of a niche. It's kind of that culture. And for people that like spearing, boy, they're they're the first ones out on that ice because they're back in those backwater areas where it freezes up quicker. Talking with Joe Henry, he's the director of tourism with uh, Lake of the Woods, and uh, obviously a destination for people to uh, head up there and get a little ice fishing in if they can't get out here. Uh, one last thing, Joe, I wanted to bring up. Outside of fishing, uh, wouldn't be a bad idea to head up there if you're if you're fishing, yeah. But uh, maybe trailer or snowmobile up there. You guys got miles and miles of trails, and it sounds like they're in real good shape right now. Yeah, you know what? Uh, they're they're coming along really nice. You know, uh, um, you know the the lake trail. There, there's trails that go all across Lake of the Woods in different directions, and you know they're they're not quite ready yet because we want the ice to be a little firmer first. But uh, they'll, they'll be ready soon enough. And I'll tell you, we literally have hundreds and hundreds of miles of staked and groomed trails, um, not only on Lake of the Woods, but around the forests of Lake of the Woods. And here's the interesting thing. It's so darn beautiful up there, whether you're on the South Shore, whether you're up at the Northwest Angle. And in fact, Brian, a lot of people will snowmobile 42 miles across Lake of the Woods from the South Shore up to the Angle. They might go up there and have lunch at one of our resorts. Um, you know that the, the trails up there are just gorgeous. And you know the interesting thing, thing is when you're you're snowmobiling around Lake of the Woods, it's not that cosmopolitan snowmobile area. You know we're known for walleye fishing. That's what most people are doing. Yet when people come up snowmobile and they say, "My gosh, the trails are nice. We got two real good snowmobile clubs. Uh, it's beautiful. A lot of trails to go on. You got the uh, the whole resort thing that you can bounce around the resorts or maybe hit the igloo bar three miles out on the ice." And uh, you don't see that many snowmobiles. There's hardly any snowmobiles on the trail because, again, people up there are fishing. They don't even really think about Lake of the Woods when they think about snowmobile destinations. It's a good place to go, no doubt about that. Uh, Joe, if people want more information on Lake of the Woods, maybe some of the events that are going on throughout the winter up there, what's the best place to get all that? Yeah, two places. One of them is our uh, Lake of the Woods Tourism Facebook page. And the second one, check out our website, and that is Lake of the Woods. MN for Minnesota, Lake of the Woods, MN.com. There you go. Joe Henry, he is the Director of Tourism with uh, Lake of the Woods. And uh, Joe will be joining us from time to time throughout the winter, keeping us updated on how things are going up there on Lake of the Woods. I appreciate it, Joe. We'll talk to you soon, okay? Thanks, Brian. appreciate you too. Thank you. And we're back with more Brainerd Outdoors after this on B93.3. 
Welcome back to Brainerd Outdoors on B93.3. Always fun to talk to Mr. Ice Fishing, Dave Gens, a good friend of the show. Uh, early ice right now, and, and Dave always likes to get out and, and chase the panfish around. Once we get some fishable ice, that'll happen. Uh, what do you like to do once we get that ice, Dave? What what are tactics that you like? Well, there's you know there's you know a couple options. You know if you can find any green weeds, you know that's the you know key for all species of fish this time of the year. Uh, generally, they grow on the inside turns, you know, or you know kind of a hook in the weed line or something where the deep water and you know them them weeds tend to still be standing where. A lot of the weeds on the flats have all been, you know, blown down by the wind. Uh, kind of a rule of thumb that I use, if the, if the weed line on the lake is eight feet or less, then I look for deeper water. If it's, you know, eight feet or more or ten feet or more, you know, then I, then I look for fish in the weeds. So, you know, some of the things, you know, hopefully you find that out before you get to the lake, but there's, so it's never just a, a gimme that they're going to be in a certain spot. you got to do a little research. you got to keep looking until you find them. So let's talk about some of the new uh, tackle t- tactics out there and some of the new uh, things that the ice team and clam have out there because uh, I guess we'll start off talking the, the tungsten stuff. Yeah, that's kind of the, kind of the big craze now is, uh, is tungsten. You know, I've been preaching small jigs that fish heavy for, you know, 30 years I've been talking about that. And, it, you know, a few people caught on, but a lot of people were still using lures that fluttered down. But now when this, this tungsten got going, you know, it's 30% heavier in lead, and, you know, the fishermen have really went that way. I think what, why they're catching more fish on it is because they took the kinks out of their line, it, you know, being a little heavier. You know, kind of the drawback to, to, to tungsten is that, you know, most of this stuff is made in Europe, and they use a lot uh, smaller hooks. And so the hook sizes were so small on the on the smaller profile of jigs that I couldn't hardly get a wax worm on it or a big piece of plastic or multi larva on it. So what we did at Clams is we made the the drop series and we call them the XL and we raised the hook size by by two. So if it was a number fourteen, now it's a number ten, but it has the same body on it. You know, so we so we didn't, you know, make it you know, this big bulky body. We got a nice slim looking body with a decent sized hook. So we can put a minnow on it there set a couple of wax worms and it, uh, I know it's going to be really popular. Yeah, I mean, I'm just kind of looking on the website right here, and even as far as uh, spoons and stuff that you guys have developed, there, there's some new stuff that are, they're out too. Yes, you know, we, we developed the, the bomb spoon last year, which is, you know, basically a, you know, a piece of lead with a flat top on it, got up and down quick in that deep water. You know, the, the deep water perch fishermen were really liking that. Well, this year we made the time bomb. And it, uh, we put that the bomb spoon on a, on a piece of wire so that when you work this thing, when you're down there bouncing it on the bottom, up and down, that, that that piece of lead slides back and forth on the wire, and it has a glass bead on it and a and a, a bronze bead, and they bang together. And, you know, so it's what rattles, make noise. You know, kind of we joke about tick, 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 boom, you catch a fish. <laughs> uh, and one other thing, too, you and I were kind of talking about this off air, uh, plastics, clams really gotten into in, uh, into those too, and one of them that we kind of talked a little bit about last year, but it's really taken off of those Mackie plastics. Uh, what's making those so popular right now, Dave? Well, the Mackie plastic is all hand poured, and because it's hand poured, they you know they can control the heat a lot more, and the stuff is really pliable. 
it almost feels real when you have it in your hands. So it takes very little movement of your rod, in, and and the the plastic is waving in the water. You know, we had quite a few different varieties last year. You know, the Mackie and the Spiky and the Draggy. You know, this year we made a couple of new ones. One called a minnow. So it, it it looks like a little baby minnow. You know, got a nice tail to it, but it, it it's so soft that when you when you move it, you know, it it looks like it's swimming in the water. During the daytime hours, it's amazing how many fish you can catch. You know, you know, walleyes, pike on these on these smaller baits. You know, I find using small baits during the the, the daytime hours, and you know, if I'm using the, the larva, or I'll put a bunch on, or maybe a little piece of plastic. You know, we make one. Uh, Mackie makes one called a minnow head, also. So, you know, I'll put I'll put these little pieces of plastic on a treble hook. I'll put one on each hook, and you know, it seems like it's more effective than than fishing with a minnow. Uh, you know, the fish aren't really feeding that time of the day, but they're curious, you know, and they want to check something out, and the only way they can check it out is with their mouth. So, you know, we get to get, you get to catch them anyway. And you said these are hand-poured, so there's a gentleman out in uh, New York that makes these, right? Yeah, he's a, he's a school teacher out there, and, and he developed these, these plastics. I think he's an industrial arts teacher is what he is, so I'm sure some of this stuff is probably came up with with this project at school. I know some of his uh, students over the years that actually have patents on stuff that they developed in their classes there at, at his, industrial, his industrial arts class. It's a family thing. His wife and his, his uh, uh, both of his kids are involved. You know, I know about that because that's how I got started, too. Everybody pitches in and makes it happen. I just can't get enough ice fishing. I just... Well, like I said, I took a boat this year, a brand-new boat, and I cut eight-inch holes in the floor of it and put a standpipe on there so I can simulate ice fishing in the summer. I saw that on Facebook, and I, I had to chuckle because if and if you ever get a chance, uh, you know, go to the Clam Facebook page or something. I believe there's some pictures of it on there. Uh, how did you come up with that concept, Dave? Well, it was just, uh, you know, actually quite some time ago we did something similar to this. We took a, a small John boat and we cut the, you know, one of the pieces of aluminum out between the, the ribs, and we siliconed a piece of plexiglass in between there and screwed it in there, and and we we cut a hole in that and put a piece of stove pipe on there and, and silicone that in place, and then we took a black fish trap cover and put over the top of it so we could see down there. Uh, the problem with it was when you flipped it over, you, like, died from the heat almost instantly in the summer, and... And then it got pulled up on shore, and then somebody stepped on it and broke the glass, and so it kind of, that's as far as it went. Well, I just knew that, you know, basically what I did, you know, years back is I took our summer fishing techniques of electronics and rods and reels and 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 took it to ice fishing, you know, and mobility. You know, I made a winter bass boat. You know, now what I've done is I've taken the, the ice fishing techniques that we've developed and learned, and I'm using them in the summertime. It, it works, you know. It's just a lot of fun to be out there fishing through the hole of the boat, seeing my friends kneeling down on the floor, you know, fishing with their ice fishing rod, giggling because they got a fish on their line, and it's, it's a lot of fun. And so now you can quote unquote ice fish year round. Yeah, you know, you know, basically, and you know, catch these fish that are under the boat. It's amazing how how many times we catch fish right over the side of the boat. Well, now I can watch them on my electronics easily and. You know, I got a 30-pound anchor on the front and the back of this boat so that it, uh, once, you, once you put the anchors down, it stays in that, in that position. I see some, some new, new lures 
uh, being used more. And, you know, it's another thing that's, you know, caught on as one of these jigging wraps. You know, they're using that a lot more in the summertime now. So I think we're going to see more and more of our ice fishing presentation being used in the summer. It's Mr. Ice Fishing, Dave Gens. Dave, if people want more information on you and the products you're talking about, what's the best place to, to get that? Well, uh, you know, clam.com obviously has a catalog on there. You can see them all. But if you're just looking for some great fishing information and what's going on, go to iceteam.com. Of course, my website, davegens.com, are all good spots to get in, you know, good information on how to catch more fish through the ice. There you go. Mr. Ice Fishing, Dave Gens, a good friend of Brainerd Outdoors. Thanks a ton for everything, Dave, I, and I'm sure we'll talk to you down the line here this winter, okay? Okay, Brian, thanks. It's always fun. More of Brainerd Outdoors after this on B93.3. Welcome back to Brainerd Outdoors on B93.3. Out to Mille Lacs we go. We bring in Steve Pontiac with Predator Guide Service. And Steve, uh, out there on the big pond, uh, it's still a lot of open water. I don't think we'll be fishing out there here anytime real soon. No, Brian, north end is wide open, northeast side is wide open. You know, you've got ice on the west side. Uh, one of the safest areas I've heard of so far is on the uh, south end there, town of Isle. You know, you got six to eight inches of, of snow, or excuse me, six to eight inches of ice with about a foot of snow on top of it. That's the problem. I know a couple of the resorts are letting people go out of their resort, but walking only, no ATVs or snowmobiles. And honestly, I think I have to wait for another good week. Once we get that cold snap coming in next week, it's going to make some ice because right now it's not making ice at night with a foot of snow on it, insulating it. Right. And, uh, well, you and I were talking off air, too. You're itching to get out there, and you were like, well, I want to go fishing. I just can't find anybody to go fishing with me. And then you finally said, Al, I should probably wait. Yeah. You know, as much as I'm chopping at the bit, I've got to get out fishing. I mean, it's killing me. I want to get out do some more hunting, but, you know, <laughs> that's not going to happen either. But right now it's fishing season, and now I'd rather be safe than sorry. Like one of my clients always told me, you know, um, live to fish another day. And if you're uh, in 20 feet of water under it, it's not going to happen. All right. No fish is worth that. So, no. uh, as yeah. As I, li- I have to admit. <laughs> For sure. Now, one of the things I wanted to talk to you about this week, Steve, is, like you said, it's fishing season, no doubt about that. But those with snowmobiles and love to get out on some of the trails and really get into some wide open areas, uh, I tell you what, around Mille Lacs, there's some of the best snowmobile trails you'll find in the state. Definitely, Brian. If you're an outdoor enthusiast who loves to crack that throttle on a nice snowmobile machine, Right now, the snow is perfect up around the Mille Lacs Lake area. You know, most of the time, people have to wait till January in this state here the last few years to get decent snow. But you can hop on the Sioux Line Trail from Albany, Minnesota, and take it all the way past Mille Lacs Lake, all the way up to Duluth, stay overnight, and come back and do it again. And then once you're on the uh, snowmobile trail, the Sioux Line Trail right by Mille Lacs, there's little um, veins that go off different um, snowmobile trails that hook up to it and you can go through uh marshland you can go through big beautiful oak woods you've got anything and everything your heart desires for the snowmobile enthusiast up at Mille Lacs Lake go do it have fun but hey I love snowmobiles Brian and I would love to get up there right now and do some snowmobiling you know unfortunately I've got to take care of some other business before I get up there for that but it's a wonderful place to snowmobile Mille Lacs Lake you've got trails that go through Shakopee Forest Shakopee uh, State Park and everything You've got anything and everything up there, like I said, for the snowmobile enthusiast. Yeah, and you said the uh, trails are in really, really good shape right now, too. 
Oh, definitely. They were they got done grooming grooming them again a couple of days ago. You know, you can go all the way past Garrison. You hook up on the south end there by Onamia, hit that one trail there. Like I said, you can hook up uh, the town of Wacon where I'm where I live. You know, my cabin, and you can go all the way to Duluth. You can go all the way around the lake and hit so many other small trails. It's well worth it, yes. Yeah, so that's something for you to check out. One last thing, Steve, I forgot to mention when we were talking fishing and and ice conditions out there at Mille Lacs. If somebody wanted to just kind of uh, sit on the couch and look and see what kind of ice conditions we have on Mille Lacs, pretty easy to do that. Oh, most definitely. Just go to this, uh, check this out. um, Once in a while I'll go webcams, Malax Lake, you know, Google it, and then I'll enter it, and oh my goodness, there's about 10 different resorts or more all around the lake that show you what the conditions are right straight out in front of their place, so that's pretty cool. Uh, right now, like I know, Chapman's Resort, good friends of mine, Tina and Tim, uh, they're letting people walk out of the resort right now, you know, onto the bay, Isle Bay, but like I said, please be careful, you know, don't risk it, don't go too far, and have a buddy with you just in case. That Isle Bay area, is that mostly crappies in there or a little bit of everything? A little bit of everything, Brian. It's got some beautiful, beautiful walleyes, you know. You've got nice northern pike in there, big northern pike in there. You've got uh, tanfish. They're not going right now very good. Crappies, sunfish, and perch. And uh, that was also the day that uh, the uh, census, DNR census guys, when they were doing the electroshocking last fall, they got that 61-and-a-half-inch muskie from so there is large fish. There is all kinds of fish in Isle Bay. It definitely has everything. Yeah, so uh, make sure and proceed with caution. And like Steve said, maybe give it a week, two weeks. Uh, we're going to get some colder weather here, and hopefully we can make some ice real soon so we can get out there. at Steve Saponiak, Predator Guide Service. Check him out at PredatorGuideService.com. Appreciate the info as always, bud. We'll talk to you soon, okay? My pleasure, Brian. Thank you. And that'll put a wrap on this week's show. Don't forget, you can catch Brainerd Outdoors just after 7, Saturday mornings, Sunday evenings at 7, and Monday mornings at 5, or right here on B93.3. If you're out of town or away from your radio, you can stream the show live or listen on demand, BrainerdOutdoorsRadio.com. Just click on the Listen Live tab. Or we're all over the podcast network, so wherever you download your favorite podcast, search Brainerd Outdoors. And uh, download us that way. You also, we would appreciate it if you gave us a nice rate and review or subscribe to it would be appreciated as well. We'll see you next weekend for another edition of Brainerd Outdoors. I'm Brian Moon. Brainerd Outdoors has been brought to you by The Power Lodge, SCR Northern, Thielen Meats, Tracker Boating Center, Vimer Outdoors Archery Pro Shop, Liveax Marine in Isle, SW Bait and Tackle, Oars and Mine Marine in Crosby, Freedom Firearms, Newman Construction, Northern Sales and Manufacturing, Your Ice Castle Dealer in Fine River, Crow Wing Recycling, Canvas Tech, Bermel Shoe Store in Randall, SPR Motorsports and Marine, and by Radco, Your Truck Accessory Pro. Join Brian Moon Saturday mornings at 7, Sunday evenings at 7, and Monday mornings at 5, right here on B93.3.